Hi everyone, Joel and Andy on the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, we're talking about marketing for lazy people. God, when people see this on YouTube. Andy, you? you didn't see me do that as well. <laughs> didn't I? I was looking down. So you do that all the time to me anyway. My new car, getting on Monday... Don't need to look down to see what speed I'm going. Did I tell you that? Is it on the oh yeah on the windscreen? Yeah. As opposed to my car, where you have to look to your left and in the middle. Oh God, it's all on your yeah. It's all on the iPad thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's Absolute weird. nonsense. But rest assured, there's no danger of you breaking the speed limit. Me? Yeah. Well, because you've noticed that I drive well, to just, the limit. You're just very carefully. I've never known anyone accelerate to the speed limit as quickly as you, but you don't go above it. No, especially not with passengers. Yeah. Uh, I accidentally went a bit too fast with you in the car. Well, you, when the when it gets to triple digits, you know. Like, you know <laughs> a little bit of wee came out. You know but that's okay in you, car, I've paid for that like seat protection stuff. So. so, yeah, if I wet myself, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. The car's okay. So marketing for lazy people. If you're a lazy business owner, this isn't what you think. It isn't about how to make your marketing easier. This is how to make your marketing easier more effective as so many people are lazy people cannot be asked if if what you want them to do involves a little bit of effort you are losing money shit mm. i only came because i'm lazy oh sorry joel <laughs> speaking of shit this podcast idea came to me uh, when i was in the toilet the other day um it's not going to get any more graphic than that but someone before me had finished the loo roll Plenty of new loo roll on the side, right? But rather than take the old loo roll, the empty one, off the holder and put a new one on, do you know what they did? Well, I know what they did because you took a photo of it. I I might have taken a photo of it. They just balanced the new loo roll on top of the empty loo roll holder. I hope, so for the listeners... Our office shares toilet. Oh yeah, with, an- with, with another well, office. It could have been someone. So I hope could have been there's no one from our business because if it is, I, I think that's suckable. Yeah. They couldn't be asked to swap the loo roll over, and and that just made me think. My God, some people really are lazy. Uh, now you know. What's your okay? So cards on the table. What's something you're really lazy with? Well, you know my domestic situation. Yeah. <laughs> there are things I'm good at. Are you the guy that puts the washing up above the dishwasher on the side rather no, than in the dishwasher? because we've seen that Michael McIntyre sketch, and Emma makes me watch it quite regularly about okay. putting stuff in the zone. Yeah, yeah. Emma doesn't like the zone. I think Michael McIntyre said he put it on the top near the dishwasher. You might as well put it in the fucking garden. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, because Emma, Emma talks to me quite a lot about that, and she talks to children about it as well because they put stuff on the zone. It's like, goes in the dishwasher... Doesn't go on top of the dishwasher. Doesn't go near the dishwasher. Goes in it. Um, but I'm um, I, I'm not the best when it comes to sort of the washing of dishes and clothes yeah. and stuff. And I, a lot of people here think it's terrible that I don't know how to use our washing machine. Yeah, and they think it's me being lazy. So I, do you know, this is a weird way around that, and nothing to do with the podcast. Um, our new washing machine comes with an app. Now, suddenly I'm interested in using the washing machine because it plays to my geekiness. So I don't need to be anywhere near it. I could be here and I can set the washing machines. That's the only way you're ever going to get me involved in, in the washing. I'm, I'm, I could say lucky, wrong word now. 
Um, I put my dirty laundry in a wash basket in a, in, a, in a basket and something magical happens and a few days later it's there clean on on the bed ready to yeah ready to fold and put in the drawers which I do do myself by the way yeah no no big up for that obviously I'm just so so I am lazy when it comes to stuff around the house I don't I don't see things that need doing around the house so it winds Emma up that I could walk past a wonky shelf a wonky yeah, shelf yeah. or turn the light one of the lights on in the lounge and the bowl blows and for the next week I come in still press the light switch and, oh shit yeah I need to do that I need to sort that I need it. and usually when she shouts at me for about the night time I go and get a light bulb and put it yeah, in but you're not doing it to fix the light bulb you're doing it to shut Emma up but that's that's yeah. not a criticism yeah. that's that's I'm but, I'm exactly the same I am I'm definitely lazy about stuff it just I just don't see stuff like that I will see like Emma's like how could you how can you fucking see a missing apostrophe on a, on a on a five hundred word blog, and yet you can't see the light bulb needs fixing? Okay, so how does that translate into what we mean about lazy consumers? I think it's one of those things that yes, of course you can change it, you can stop being lazy, but you also have to acknowledge the fact that a load of people are lazy, and technology has made that even more prevalent that. yeah yeah so i i have some examples for you okay okay about why technology is largely to blame but ultimately it's your fault it's exactly yeah. exactly so amazon prime yeah i want to buy stuff now i don't have to get in the cars drive to the shops choose drive back i can press a button and order something uh a lot of people can't be asked to get the cinema anymore now you know me my background cinema advertising love the cinema i love going and watching films on the big screen but a lot of people that's a lot of effort. I've got to pay for parking. It, it's going to be on, on Prime or Sky Store in a month. I'll just wait. Here's a tangent on that one. Oh, Sorry. On. But you've, you've hit a nerve with me there. I, and this bothers me in multiple scenarios, but I can't understand how someone can tell me it's the same experience watching it in their living room as at the cinema. It's not. They just don't know what experience is. It's the same film. That's it. Yeah, and that's as far as they think yeah. about it. Having popcorn in your lounge watching something on, on, on a on a screen that is a fraction of the size of the Yeah, it blows my mind. And then the another one that annoys me all the time. There's someone with big hair sitting right in front of you. It's like Joe Bob. <laughs> but another one that annoys me all the time, Hannah, and I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, is when I come home, we've got HD channels, but she's watching them on standard definition. And that, she can't see the difference. Don't get it. Can you do a split screen? So show her the difference. Literally, look. I think she just told me. How could you not see sad that? Bastard, yeah. So, so Emma's Emma's mum came round um, for chippy tea the other night, and she's with Emma on the size of our telly. It's not stupidly massive, but it's pretty big. But we got a pretty big lounge, and my rule is: as long as your telly's smaller than your bookcase, how size? That, what that size chappy. is the telly? Forty-three inches. No, bigger. Yeah, fifty-five. What size is our one 65. here? 65. Uh, it's probably 50, 55. Yeah, my same size as mine. Yes. That's perfectly acceptable. So, exactly. And my mother-in-law is on the same side as my wife. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. But she came around to watch the Bake Off and have chippy tea. And she and she's 85. So, still got all the marbles. <laughs> your telly's much easier to see, <laughs> and she's like, oh, it is good, your telly, isn't it? See? Exactly. I can read the Sky Guide without squinting. It's got... HD and 4K and all that. And it's like, it's lovely. Now, Emma just wishes it was a bit smaller, that sort of detraction. But even our big telly, it's not the same as going to the cinema. No. 
But some people would rather save themselves a few quid and the hassle or the effort, sorry, of getting into the car, driving to the cinema, finding somewhere to park. I'll just wait and watch it. Like the whole um, Scarlett Johansson thing, suing yeah, Disney. Yeah. It's like you're releasing my film or my film, a film I was in at the box office, but at the same time you're releasing it to live, to, to, to watch at home, home on the telly. And I don't get any of the proceeds I'm getting from box that. office percentage so i'm getting diddled now obviously long term she's properly diddled because she ain't gonna be getting any more disney roles but i just don't see why some would rather but but that again comes down to personal choice but that's definitely uh, that's definitely on my list of what i think what is happening okay recording tv shows yeah um you probably had to like me lie on the lounge floor program start time end time with a couple of minutes either side channel short standard play or long play now you just press a button to record a show, even series link for you. That's, yeah. So that's that's made made it perfect for lazy people. You can order food online. Tell us about your car, buying your car. How many people did you have to speak to? How many times did you have to like leave voicemails and hope a salesperson gets back to you? No. You bought it. What you bought your car? Didn't online. even test drive it. It just showed up. That yeah. is how. And it was a week later. Yeah. So that is how easy I think things are now, which again has exacerbated the problem that I think. We just almost expect it. What? Why? Why should I have to get off my ass to buy this thing online now? Why you? You know, you need to give me PayPal so I could just buy it I've, now without I've having to go and get my wallet. Got a brilliant example of. I don't. Well, it's hard to say it's lazy consumerism, but it kind of is. Your bee in your bonnet at the moment is when there isn't free delivery. Yes. And or they try and hide what the delivery might be until they've got out. your email address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And essentially for any e-commerce business out there, whether you like it or not, unless you're an ultra-premium product, so people would be willing to pay for delivery for either it's a ship faster because it's international or ship more protected or be put together when it arrives, you have to accept that you are competing with Amazon. And Amazon has Prime and something ridiculous like 70% of households have Prime now. So their expectation is next day delivery for free. Shall we talk about a business we know that sells a product and they refuse to go on Amazon and they sell this product, let's say it's £30. Delivery costs, I think, five or six pounds. Yeah, it was quite a high delivery price. And it will come in, say, five to seven days. Whatever reason he's given in, it's now on Amazon. Still 30 quid, but you get it free the next day on Prime. Why the hell would I buy it through your website? You sabotage your own business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and that is what people expect. So what we're saying, what we said, like I think about two hours ago when we started this podcast now, if what you want people to do involves effort, you will be losing money. Yes. You, everybody wants a frictionless transaction and a frictionless transaction doesn't exist. So you have to try and think of what's the easiest way to make it so people can buy. So something I've noticed on quite a lot of mobile websites now is you can scan your credit card so that you don't have to sit there and type it all in. And like for whatever reason, like I've got several cards on my phone, it still doesn't figure out which one it is I want to spend with. So the scan your credit card thing's brilliant because it saves me pissing about. And sometimes, to be quite honest, I'm sat in a dark room because we sit at home Mm. with the lights dying watching TV. If it can scan my credit card, it saves me having to turn the light on to look yeah. at my credit card. Stupid little thing. But chances are, 
that will get me over the line versus me going on oh, bloody I'll have to do this tomorrow and we've got the lights on mm-hmm. and then forgetting. Mm-hmm. Or things like if you if you're selling stuff online and it's a decent or high price point, people are almost expecting payment plans now, something like Klarna, which yeah. is why Klarna's doing so well. So if you're selling stuff that's quite high price and you're not offering a payment plan, things like that are now going to start affecting your business. People are like, oh, well, I'd rather split the payments or pay in a month's time, yeah. interest-free, whatever it might be. I'm going, to go, I'm going to go and have a look elsewhere. And before you know it, they've gone and they can't even remember who you are yeah. or find you again. Well, yeah, even PayPal are offering yeah. a payment plan now, aren't they? And especially if you're not doing things like retargeting, you're spending time, effort and money getting people to your website but there's a few hurdles in place that you haven't thought of, like lack of Klarna, PayPal, whatever it might be. They go off elsewhere and they never hear from you again and you don't know who that person mm. is. And that's why I think pretty much all of our clients we do retargeting for, aren't we? Because we know you can't just hit people once. Yeah. And that is something I just got to take to my grave. The worst number in marketing is one. And I think I bang on that about enough. But then I talk to someone new, like the new client. Oh, we landed, tried that once. And it's like... Oh, never heard of that before. And it's like, wow, that is still, I think, this yeah. one of the soundest pieces of marketing advice that I was given 25 years ago. Um, no online booking, right? So if you're, if the goal of your marketing is to get appointments, let's say you're... A restaurant. A, yeah, restaurant. Yeah. I was going to say hair salon, but yeah, restaurant. And you don't offer an online booking facility. People have to pick up the phone or email you to book an appointment. I guarantee you will lose your money. Yeah, and... I'll give you a clear example because I've literally had a restaurant owner say to me, well, if they're not willing to pick up the phone, we don't want them in our restaurant, which is stupid anyway. Wow, he must be really rich. And, well, um, yeah, it was just a, about the fact wow. that they were judging people by the fact they're not willing to speak to people. Wow. But I'm quite willing to speak to people and so is my wife. However, pillow talk at night time. What are we going to do this weekend? Oh, should we go out for a meal? Oh, that's a good idea. Let's get something booked now before we forget mm-hmm. so it's in the diary. You can't ring a restaurant at half past ten at night. They're not there. But but come morning, something will have happened or something will be in our diaries that's come in overnight and we're, that opportunity's gone. So if somebody can't book their hair appointment because they've just remembered or uh, the restaurant or um, even now, plumbers, electricians, decorators, then you are missing the opportunity and I think you and I were banging on about this seven or eight years ago to one client and they just were looking at us like we were mad and now I bet they don't I bet they barely take any bookings by phone yeah even if you're not in the appointments based uh, an appointments based business if the sole call to action in your marketing is to call you better be paying for a call answering service because because like I say People pick up the phone. And if it's late at night, they probably won't pick up mm. the phone because they'll assume no one's going to be there to answer. But, oh, so we use an online diary, right? Yeah. So if people want to call us and they've got, you know, and it's a client, they've got access to our diary, so they can see when we're available and they book in a mutually convenient time and they will get called at that exact time, okay? How many times someone's written back saying, oh, yeah, don't, don't need a diary to, to call me. I'm available all afternoon. I can guarantee what's going to happen if I try and call them that afternoon. It rings and rings and rings and goes to voicemail. No one leaves voicemails. So if you only want people to call, well, one, I'd say don't, that's mad. At least give them an email choice, a bloody WhatsApp business, Instagram direct message. Give them something. If if the only way of getting hold of you is by phone and you're not paying for a call answering service, yeah, again, you'll be losing money. 
Um, here's one. What about people who do want you to phone or even send you an email and you can't find those contact details on their website for love nor money? They're in just maybe in one place on the contact form. They're not anywhere else. Again, people can't. Now, you, you listening might be thinking, well, that's ridiculous. People will just go and have a look through my website to find the phone number or email. No, they won't. No. Especially if they're on a the phone, like someone like my mum, probably wouldn't even know you have to go back to the top hit the three lines the hamburger menu and then to go to other pages she'll just be like oh, I'm oh, i saw there. a quirky website the other day it's annoyed me quirky do you mean shit no oh. quirky as in it looked fucking cool but what they've done because in the industry we know those three lines are called a hamburger menu mm-hmm. and they're called a hamburger menu because there's three lines the bun and the burger should be should be like sort of four or five lines now because no one seems to want a single burger now. Yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> anyway, they were quirky. I, th- I just think it's greedy. I'm sorry. They, they were quirky. So they changed the three lines to a picture of a hamburger. Now, Whoa. I'm telling you right now, their website gets less clicks and less uh, people navigating around it because of that decision. Style over substance. Quirky. People are too lazy to figure out what that means. Yeah. It's, yeah. Even, I mean, we've got lots of B2B clients, and even for them, the vast majority of traffic to their website is on a mobile. So if someone's on a page on your website and you want people to call, but where's the phone number? It better be there. You want people to email? It better be there. Because if it's not, you're expecting them to go and hunt around for those details, and it just won't happen. So... I mean, that call answering is massive. I've got another one that's, that's, that's not online. Go on. You've got to go to the bar to order. Uh, oh, you, you're losing money there. Oh, I've run out. I want another drink. Oh, I can't be asked to go up to the bar. So it was the first chain bar to tackle this, whether you like them or not, was Weatherspoons. Oh, I'm in there all the time. <laughs> no, I'm not. And uh, um, honestly, once you've been to a bar where you can order at your table and the drinks just appear... You'll, you never want to go anywhere else. Just via their app. Yeah. And obviously COVID forced quite a few places to, to come up with a similar solution. But I've since been to places post-lockdown that have got rid of it again. Just order you through like, the bar. So you need choose what I want, get up, go to the bar to order yeah, it. But I don't understand it either way. You've made it less convenient for your customer. You need more staff because you, they need to manually take the orders. You, it doesn't necessarily go through your system. So um, if there is a mistake with the order, the mistake will definitely be your staff member's fault, not not user error. Cause, mm. so, so then you've got to incur the cost. It, 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 it just I, blows my mind. I, I understand in an ultra-premium scenario, if you like, well, I don't know if you know, Andy, but recently I was drinking in the uh, Sky Bar at the Hilton Wembley. Oh, um, lovely. Yeah, I mean... Anyway. Wembley's like my most favourite part of London. Anyway, was, Apart from Halston. It was 18 quid a drink in this bar. Fucking hell. And uh, for 18 quid a drink, I wanted to come hand-delivered. I, I, yeah, I, mm. I absolutely don't want to be ordered on an app, and I, I get it in that scenario. If you're paying three quid a pint in a pub or a restaurant or wherever, you really couldn't give a shit if someone takes your order I or not. I wonder if it's naivety that some business owners will think, oh, an app's impersonal, better to have people there. But like you say, when there are people there'll be problems. There'll be human error. Mm. It's, yeah. Oh, that, oh, that should get on my... Yeah, so I put it here, actually, you know, ordering at the bar. Great, if you've got enough staff. But if you haven't got enough staff, again, people are lazy. They don't want to wait. It's, it's a hassle. 
oh, I don't, I, I, I want an extra dish. I want an extra drink. But yeah, I can't be bothered to go so, up to the bar to order it. That's less money into what do you think of the, I don't know what you'll think of this one. Um, when you go and watch sports in a stadium in America, the food and drink comes to you. Oh, lovely. So there are vendors going up and down the stairs. You're like, seeing like, hot dog, hot dog, get girl. your hot dog kind of thing. That was an American accent. I say, in France. Right? Jolly got a stroke. <laughs> um, when you get to a sporting event in the UK, you have to go down the steps, go into the whatever it's called underneath the stand, and get it yourself. Surely, in this day and age, with an app... You could say, well, this is the seat I'm in and this is what I want and it magically appears. And mm. the consumer's happier. The stadium makes more money. It just blows my mind. How come they figured that out in America years ago? Oh, gigs, everything. Absolutely. So if we well, they going- figured it out gigs, haven't they? Because you see those people go around there with the massive rucksack on full of beer and they have like those guns to fill oh. your cup. Oh, I must be going to the wrong gigs. I have to like try and choose a, a, a seat that's near enough to a bar yeah, and a toilet, obviously. We've just booked we've just booked a gig, and you know you've hit an age when you're like, right, we'll go for a seat near near the doorway bit. Yes, absolutely. Got to be got to be near a toilet. High up Who enough you? that you can get the atmosphere, but low down mm. enough that you're not in the gods. Oh, God, can you, I could imagine anything anything worse than being like on on the the, the main floor, just surrounded by people just coughing everywhere. Yeah. Um, who are you going to see? Ed Sheeran at Wembley. Oh, right, okay. It's, it's, Are you Ed Sheeran fan? I'm not a huge Ed Sheeran fan, but it's... Um, Is a ukulele bloke, ginger one, yeah? Yeah, yeah, rough, yeah. roughly, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like, literally one of the most famous music artists in the world, but it's nice that you yeah, don't have the kids. About him. Um, it's a balance between I will appreciate it and probably enjoy myself, and my wife will like it, where when I go and watch Metallica, she's not that into it, so... Who's supporting him? Oh, I don't know yet. It's only just been. He's like, the one in um... Game of Thrones. What? Yeah, he was in Game of Thrones. Oh, of course, with your acting mate. Yeah. Um, no, what was he in? Oh, the Beatles thing. Yesterday. Oh, was he in that? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the guy comes back and he has a knock on the head or something, and when he awakes, the whole world's never heard of the Beatles. So he basically starts playing Beatles song, pass them off as his own, and becomes like this world famous musician. And he meets an Ed Sheeran and becomes his manager or something. Right. Have you not seen that? No, is that on Sky? It's, um, I was going to say Dev Patel. Uh, it's. Someone. <laughs> someone. It's someone. Oh, this is making a great content. This. <laughs> it's, it's, the, po- it's, the podcast was going well until there was a long pause. It, it, you know, I, it, it just makes it sound like I can't think of any other Asian actors apart from Dev Patel. Although he does seem to be everywhere. What's that thing he's in now? Green Knight. Yeah, you said that's good, didn't you? Yeah, you won't like it. Oh, okay. It's like a long poem. Fucking hell. Right, I enjoyed it. Right, yeah. Done. Won't be there. Uh, lots of stuff. Here's another example. In a bike shop, like my bikes. Um, push bike. Emma, push bikes. Emma's given me strict instructions that people only need one bike, which is fair enough, I suppose. Um, oh, on this note, I saw a cyclocross competition. Oh, yeah, the yeah, other yeah. Day. Cool. I I fancy that yeah. big crossover now between cyclocross and road bike and road cycling. Yeah, because it's just it's Matthew Van der Poel, one well, of the best. Road, yeah, yeah, and mountain biking's probably a bit too far. No, uh, Tom Pidcock who won gold, the mountain biker. Yeah, he, he's going to win the Tour de France. Really, very soon. Yeah, so he did the um, uh, the World Championships on Sunday that Julien Alaphilippe defended his title. Yeah, I think one of them. So he's, he's the guy. 
in the Olympics that just bolted away from everyone in the mountain biking. Yeah. 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 He, uh, he, I think, came six or something on Sunday. Mm. 290 fucking kilometres. So, yeah, so there... Maybe know. I won't take up cyclocross, you put me off. <laughs> um, but in this bike shop, looking at bikes, these bikes started at four grand a pop, okay? Cheapest chips? We were there, probably 20 minutes, browsing around. Maybe they didn't like the cut of my jib and thought, oh, we can't afford a bike. No one came to see me. There was one bloke at the till talking to a customer. There was one bloke towards someone else, and that was it. No, no other staff in the shop. So I don't know the financial of that shop. Maybe they couldn't afford to hire another salesperson. But I also know the right salesperson came over. They probably could have told me a lot about this bike. And no doubt there were payment plans and interest-free payment plans, which are massive in cycling at the moment. And I could have bought a new bike, but I didn't. Much to Emma's happiness. Yeah. Well, yeah, you probably shouldn't just go in the shop in the first place. That would be the trick. But what... What's the situation there as if you're selling something that's four grand? Why aren't your staff on commission? It's that's insane. I th- I'd like to think the owner of a business like that simply doesn't know. They're not on the ground enough. So yeah. they don't know what their employees. I mean, we've all, everyone has been into a shop looking at stuff and no, I mean, no one likes pushy salespeople. Okay. Yeah. That does my, Curry's does my but, head. But no one. No one's come over. Or in fact, like I remember going into one one uh, tech shop. The guy behind, no one else was in the shop. The guy behind the till looked up from his phone, saw me, smiled. I smiled back, looked down, carried on playing on his phone. So I browsed a bit. I could have gone over and asked him a few questions, but I just couldn't be asked. And he, he wasn't interested enough in me. So I went. And I would say the business owner doesn't know that his employee is sabotaging yeah. his business. So I, I did a post about that. when I was talking about um, experiential marketing. Okay, um it's not necessarily that that they increase the chance of sale by being helpful. It's that they decrease the chance of sale by not being helpful. So if someone comes into your news agents to buy a paper and you can't be bothered to look up and say hello, someone like me just walks out, sodgy, I'll give, give my money to yeah. someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the smart people and, and a lot of news agents, you buy your paper, oh. These sweets are reduced to to a pound, or like you know that. Um, yeah. Is it Raj in all these the these were the originals? Would you like? Oh, Emma started buying them. You've hit an age if you buy them. I, I know. Originals. My dad used to used to love them, but they're really nice. We've got some Everton mints, better than uh, the travel, original travel sweets that rip the skin off the top of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, the Would solution you like is a pear drop. <laughs> you know, Joel's forte is confectionery. If you haven't guessed, um, the solution. You've got to put yourself in Joe Public's shoes. And I think as business owners, we're so immersed in the business, we know it inside out. And so we assume sometimes that our potential customers know our business inside out. They realise what we're trying to do. You set me up this dream oh. scenario. So we've hit the point where Can't we need talk to about do sweet. tip of the week. Oh, okay. Which is my new thing, if you haven't gathered. It's, it's a, I've been forced myself to put points into the podcast. Well, we've got three minutes left. Is three it, minutes left for tip quick, of the week. It's tip. a quick one. Okay. Look at your sales process. Whatever business you are, it could be online, it could be service-based, and identify where the points of friction are because you're, everyone's got them. You know, if you're uh, a supermarket, the point of friction might be the checkout. If you're uh, an online shop, the point of friction might be where they put their card details in. It might be... 
that it doesn't remember the shipping address. If you're an accountant, the point of friction is probably where you're sat in the, the meeting and you tell them what the price is and they go, oh shit, that's a lot more than I've ever paid an accountant before. You have to figure your way around it. Unless you identify those points of friction and make them as frictionless as possible, don't bother doing anything else. It, you're, you're pushing, mm. you're ice skating uphill or whatever. It's like some motherfuckers, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Is that played? That, we need to drop that into every podcast, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that, that, my mum will love that. It's, the, it's that whole thing of don't expect people to part with their money if you're making it difficult for them mm. to part with their money. Now, chances are, if you're, you know, a, a service business like us, could be quite high ticket. So it's already quite hard for them to part with that money without you making it any more difficult. If it pans out, like, I don't know, in Codebreak's example, we send people a direct debit link. If it panned out that when you click that direct debit link, you have to go through 13 pages before you get to the bit where you fill it out, guess what? No one's going to bloody fill it out. So what are the things you can do in your business? And, and you know, simple ones might be salespeople that are helpful. It could be um, contactless payment. So mm-hmm. frustration for a lot of people now is go somewhere and it's cash only. Mm-hmm. No one carries cash anymore. Or uh, it could be you bring the food to the consumer or the consumer to come and get the food. Uh, it could be order from your table. But whatever it is, analyze that final bit is the close of the sale, the bit mm-hmm. the bit that everyone forgets. Everyone thinks about marketing and sales. No one thinks about the close. And unless the close is as frictionless as possible, you are losing sales. Mm-hmm. I think you said you said there, hit the nail on the head, marketing and sales. Most people uh, learn about sales and marketing, and that is usually the phrase sales and marketing. No, no, no. The marketing should come first. The marketing is there to help generate the sales. Yeah. And, and even if you think something is really stupid or it's the end of Western civilization because people won't leave a voicemail, for example, follow the facts. So even if you think it's sad that people only want to pay via PayPal, whatever it might be, if that's what people are doing, just bloody do it because you'll make more money. Yeah, can't pay by MasterCard on your website. Ouch. Ouch, (laughs) ouch. So basically, a fresh pair of eyes in your business can be worth it. So if you want it, go to cobrate.co.uk and you can book a strategy call. And one of the first things we'll do for you, free of charge, is we will audit the sales process. It's basically like a free mystery shop because whether we go on to work together or not, I guarantee we'll be able to give you or point out some of the hurdles that could be stopping people from giving you their money. Bosh. Job done.